Welcome to episode 149 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play Mutazione. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCord, and today I have three friends with me. The first friend, you know him, you love him. His name is Mike Ruffalo. I'm excited to flex my Italian. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, and here to talk about gardening and pronouncing things in Italian is our second friend, Katie Lesperance. And the most melancholiness there is. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> and here to enter a deep, deep form of depression with us our third friend flora eloise hello flora hello papu flowers for the fun <laughs> <laughs> today we're talking about mutazione developed by Daigut fabrique hopefully i said that right published by akupara games uh, on everything ps4 mac os ios windows xbox one switch originally released on september 19th of 2019 let's start the show with the fast pitch it's a one sentence description of the video game who is going to give the first one uh, I can go. It is a, uh, again, melancholy, coming-of-age story, um, growing random plants. And there's just so much flora. Flora, you want to There's a lot of flora. <laughs> yeah, speaking of, of myself, um, I would say Vitazione is like a peaceful and frictionless experience uh, that looks like, um, I guess you take a lot of cardboard... Uh, or not cardboard, um, construction paper, and like laid all against each other. Mm. Nice. Um, Mike, I can go next. Yeah, no, oh no, I'm ready, I'm ready. We're going to okay. save yours best for last, uh, best for ready. last. Um, Mutazione is a story and narrative-driven post-apocalyptic garden simulator. <laughs> Ooh. Cool. I have something prepared for once. Mutazione is... What if the cure for depression in Night of the Woods was mystical gardening? Interesting. (laughs) They're either real bad or real good. Today you got a good one. Um, A little bit about this game. Uh, Something that came out on the same day. Sinar Wild Hearts. Flora, I know you're a big fan. Absolutely. Uh, We've talked about that game previous on the pod, so if you want more to listen to after this, you can download that. And in the same week, we got The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening on Switch, Untitled Goose Game, and AI The Somnium Files. We've covered some of uh, Spike Chunsoft's other games in the feed. Maybe your third and fourth podcast to listen to after this one. Some uh, indies. Before we dive in. Sorry, what'd you say, Mike? Some indies. Some indies. Untitled Goose Game and Sayonara Wild Hearts, both in the, the like atmospheric, uh, indie, cute charm you know, vibe. Big indie energy is what you're saying. Yes, big indie energy. Uh, before we dive in and just talk about the game I want to know what is your experience with adventure games because I think it's really relevant here I'd love to start with Flora Um, I guess it's limited mostly to like Telltale games, Quantic Dream games, Don't Nod games, that sort of 3D sort of adventure game, I don't really have a history with the old school uh, style Katie, I think you have a, a bit of a, a more history with the style of 2D adventure game. I am a Monkey Island addict. <laughs> I just want more and more is coming. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, yeah, I played uh, Monkey Island over and over again. I, I dabbled in other ones. Um, we played Broken Age on a previous uh, podcast on Left Behind. 
Um, yeah, I've dabbled. I've done you know, a lot of a lot of various adventure games. Big fan. Most I got to be time. honest. When I think of adventure games, I think of you. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'll take that as a big compliment. <laughs> it's part of your brand for sure. Um, Jacob, I will, I will give you my experience, and that is, you know, largely the adventure games I've played have been on the podcast. Um, so the Telltale games, you know, I would in some ways say that like Gone Home is an adventure game, I guess. Um, but I definitely don't seek out adventure games, especially not the like very classic LucasArts style adventure game where it's, you know, grab this chicken and see what hole it fits into. Um, you know, I <laughs> those are those are the, those games tend to like uh, confuse me and frustrate me a bit. Um, so, yeah. Not a huge fan of that traditional style, but do like the, I think, the more modern versions of them. And see, I'm probably closer to Flora and you, Mike. Um, I'm very much more of a 3D adventure game uh, kind of person. Like, I've played Broken Age, obviously, on the pod. Um, but when I, when I was a kid, I played more, like, 2D adventure games. Like, we're talking, like, Toon Land starring Howie Mandel. <laughs> um, like, the Putt-Putt games I was super into. Oh, yeah. Uh, but really, like... Not not a big two D guy in uh, in modern times, if you will. Uh, okay, why don't we just talk about Mutazione? Um, would anyone like to set up uh, this game, either the world, the story, or the gameplay? Uh, dealer's choice. I, I think I think I can take a crack at it. So uh, the game is set up. I don't I don't know the chronology exactly, but it takes place in what I assume is a nondescript, like european-ish uh place where uh a meteor has struck it uh all wife all life was essentially wiped out and thought gone uh but years later was found to uh was found to contain life life continued to flourish and it mutated which is the uh italian to english translation of the title of this game mutazione means to mutate um and so yeah all, there's all kinds of people on the island that are either mutated animals or mutated people um, that play the cast of characters in this game. Um, and you, a young girl named Kai, I believe it's a young girl yeah, named Kai, um, are, are arrive at the island to take care of your sick Nono and in the process heal him and the village. What do you think? That's well, pretty good. Well done. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Anything to add, Flora? You you have a Mutazioni shirt on, so I feel like <laughs> you are the resident expert, Flora. Um, you are the expert. Well, I mean, I I think that as a setup, that works really really well because this is a game that's like partially about character relationships, partially about like meditative gardening mechanics, um, exploration back into the adventure game genre. So um, just kind of knowing the things that you're doing in this game, I think I think that that sets the stage up really well. Flora, you shared an article with us uh, that I'm going to put in the show notes that not only says the right way to present, pronounce the, ga- the game, which is Mutazione, but it describes the game as a mutant soap opera. And I think like that's, that is such a <laughs> yes. perfect way to describe it. I think yep. they actually used that tagline to market the game. I think that was like on their Steam store or something at some point. Yeah. Um, the article is called How She Flipped the Script, which is about how Hannah Nicklin um, made the game, wrote the story, so we'll include that in resources, so thank you for sharing it. Uh, Such a perfect way to describe it, because it is one part adventure game, and really one part gardening simulator, if that's fair to say. Yeah. 
I would I would argue that it is closer to a more of a walking sim than an adventure game because heavy not there there really aren't any puzzles like there's no you're like your core elements of an adventure game uh, there's a lot of puzzles right and there's a lot of you picking things up and and seeing where they are applicable elsewhere mm-hmm. in the world um, here I found it was mainly just walking around talking to characters hearing their stories seeing like their relationships develop and like the Oh, the drama. There is so much drama. We'll get into it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, stuff happens. Um, And then occasionally uh, along the way, you just kind of collect seeds, um, either actively or people just give them to you. And then every now and then you you plant a garden. And that kind of moves the story forward. So, yeah, I I think of it as more of a walking sim than anything. But lots of good stories. I think you're spot on, Katie, in that, like, I know you don't literally mean one part and one part, Jacob, but the gardening is like a gameplay element of the game. But mm-hmm. And while it is an important plot point, it is functionally not that important to, to what happens in this game. Like in terms of gameplay, like the gameplay of the gardening is really just meeting a threshold, hitting a box. It's not, uh, it's not something that you even do that much to progress the story. Yeah, there's only really seven major gardens throughout the game, and I don't know if any of you experienced this. My very first playthrough, I think I was a little stupid and just like put a bunch of different kinds of plants of different moods together, and then what you do to make them grow is you play a song that fits a certain mood, and so if you play the wrong song or you put the wrong seed in that section, it will still occupy the little growth bar that you have to fill, but it won't let you advance the story. So like, there is potentially a little bit of difficulty to like understanding the logic of that but i think i again was just very dense on a first playthrough um it's really really simple it's just space management really no honestly i i i was also very dense i think the first garden i put together which was the garden over like your grandfather's home over your grandfather's house uh i ended up mixing plants because i didn't quite understand like that oh once you play a song certain types of plants will grow and so i i course corrected on the second one but i would say you're you're not dense at all because i fell into the same trap Mm-hmm. And just a thought about happened. that, there's also like an achievement attached for planting like the wrong garden in one of them where you do all of like the wrong mood and then grow it. <laughs> and then also um, there's like a variety achievement if you plant one of every mood. So um, it kind of, I think it expects you to mess up a little bit or it at least encourages you with like a little tongue in cheek uh, achievement. Did you get all the, all the achievements? Yes. And this is your second time playing through, right? Correct. Uh, any tough ones that you want to call out? Nothing in this game would really be tough. There's there's a few um, exploration based and like uh, actually the one I think that um, the fewest amount of people have is regarding um, there's a character Mori in the village who you can um, I mean you talk to her a ton throughout the story but she can also make you meals you can um, accept a, like a vegetarian option or a meat option and there's one day that she will if you just decide to be wishy washy about those two options one day where she will make you a vegan dish and uh, like two percent of people have that it was not difficult but I had to like continually remind myself to go back there and checked i i took uh a random dish each time whatever sounded best even though they were all random foods mm-hmm. and uh i always took the food even though i don't think i ever did anything with it um i always just had it in my inventory never interacted with it absolute um, same i don't know if this was a similar experience that you all had but i farmed <laughs> a ton of stuff 
And I would end up salvaging it as soon as I harvested it because it would not regrow anything and just had a ton of seeds left in my bag Hmm. with nothing to use them on. It felt like, oh, they set it up early on that this was going to be the currency of the world, that it was a barter system, that, you know, everybody was uh, putting (laughs) things in and out. And I was like, cool, I'm going to corner the market. Um, I I was a little Medisti. Uh, and, uh, oh my god! And yes, and then I had a ton of seeds and nothing to use it with. You wanted to capitalism the Mutazioni yes. Island, <laughs> so, so we have to talk about that, right? Like this game has some pretty overt political overtones in what it's trying to like showcase. And there's these characters that are like not really characters called dots that you can find underground in one of the sections, and they're always talking about um, like the stock market and manure yeah. prices and it's yeah. this blatant satire of like market speak it's so yeah. good it's like i i didn't the, really know what to do yeah. with it the first playthrough but this time like hearing them every single time it's hilarious okay, they're talking so, market research they're yes. talking prices yeah. yeah so many they're just Medisti, constantly salsicho and i'm blanking on what the third one was i was going to ask you which one do you relate to the most which you know which one of them well, are uh, you talking about the sausages or the dots? So that's what I'm saying. Oh, no. Sorry, yeah, sausages. sausages. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. The sausage people. Because it, it, I, that's why I was so surprised when Flora said they were dots. Because I thought the dots were the little people no, in the, the yeah, trees. Yeah, the dots. No, you're right. right. Do, 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 do. Tick, tick, I, nick, nick, nick. I didn't know if the uh, sausages had a name. I just like <laughs> right. the, like the dots get named. So right. anyway, um, my, my fault on that. It's it was Medisti good. and Sal and Pratsky and Wiener Pratsky, and Worst. Pratsky, Worst. Yeah, Pratsky, Worst, and Salsicho. And uh, Wiener. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, it's all names for sausages, by the yeah. way. <laughs> that all went over my head. I thought they yeah. were just like specific Worst is names. a sausage. Salsicho means sausage in Italian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We should have exactly. asked the Italian. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but the dots were very market obsessed and like very much reminded me of like for my Canadians, the Bay Street folks and like the Wall Street <laughs> folks for Americans. Wait, wait, wait. Do you Just, mean the dots or the sausages? No, the, the sausages, sausages, not the dots. I've corrupted us. It's the sausages. Yes. The, the sausage sausages, people. sorry. Yes. yes, because there's a dot shaman. So like a shaman yeah. and Wall Street doesn't really go together. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. also, you do have to pay the, the dots. Uh, not to hop yes. too far forward, but... Um, yes, I was totally, I, I loved all the dialogue with the little sausage people and I was like, Salsicho and Medisti, they're, they're my boys. You know, they're always looking for new ways to corner the market. (laughs) They're always looking for new ways to get ahead in life. Um, they're, they're, they're my people. Okay. So like we're, we're talking about characters. I think that I'd love to know, like, were there any standouts for you? Jelle is my person. Jelle is the yellow blob in the underground oh, who is, yes, yes, is yes. part fungus. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Who you give your vitamins to early on because that's a form of uh, nutrients for them. Um, okay. Yes. So I think it's, I feel like I can pretty confidently speak for everyone here. I, I would really be surprised if everyone disagrees with this. But this game is all characters, right? Yeah. Like. It's hard to it's hard to play this game and not be roped into the characters that they build, and I think they do such a good job with it. Yeah. Um, I you know if I'm thinking through the characters that that I love the most, it's I'm blank Bopec, I believe his oh, name yeah. is. Oh yes, the little Bopec fishing is guy. My favorite. Yes, the little fishing guy, who um, you know he's just got this one line or like after some of the drama where someone says three hearts and he says four. And they're like, shut up, Bopec. And he's like, and the baby. And I was like, oh, man, Bopec. That is so, so like, you know, 
so aware. Bullpeck's a child. Yeah. 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 So it's it's also hard to tell who's a child and who's an adult in this, other than by like what they tell you. Because Tongue, yeah. a character that becomes a pretty core member, uh, drives a lot of the plot forward, is supposed to be a child, but looks like a hulking looks like the Hulk on some level. Yeah. I He's thought green of- and large. Yes, I thought of Tongue as a uh, sullen, quiet, doesn't quite know what he's doing yet, late teenager. Like a 17-year-old, um, but he doesn't talk a lot, so it's kind of hard to read at first how old, but then later on you go, oh, I, I would hope he's approaching adulthood at least, because mm-hmm. uh, otherwise there's some questionable things happening. Yeah. Can I give you a pop culture reference that I immediately thought of when when faced with him? Yes, please. please. Uh, Ethan Suppley in Remember the Titans. <laughs> Which one's Ethan? Uh, the the big the, the big, big guy, boy, who was also in Boy Meets World. Oh, who has now lost yeah. a lot of weight. Yep, yep, yes. yep, yep. Like character, stature, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yes, yeah. Played Thank for you, a Mike, bit for of a dunce. That up. You know, played on some level for a bit of a dunce. But is big like, heart. yeah, genuine big heart, like, you know, will be there for you. I like Spike. I like Spike, oh. the bar owner. He's kind of, he doesn't quite know, he, he, he has feelings and he, and he, and he loves, and he, but he doesn't know how to say it. And he doesn't mm-hmm. know how to move things forward. And even how to talk to, is Mew, is Mew, okay, is Mew his daughter or like adoptive daughter? He raised her. Yes. So I think it's like her. an adoptive daughter. And yes. he doesn't know how to talk to her either. And he's mm-hmm. just fumbling around trying to make it work. But but he has like a heart hidden under there that he kind of hides at first. And, and it comes out later. Yeah. And he also, he shows that he has that heart like at his bar. Like for some reason, he has like these really vulnerable conversations. He's like that classic bartender who has like an ear that c- like anyone can lean on. But when it comes to these people who he sets his uh, hopes really high, like Claire, his like love interest, um, suddenly he clams up and seeing that double side of the personality, I think contributes to like why he's so likable. Mm-hmm. Plus he, right- he, he like moons us every morning. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that part of it. I, I love that animation. It was yes. one of my favorite moments in the game. So es- graceful. Especially because they use it more than once. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it's the firing off of the towel in just yes. like the most carefree, confident manner. And he's just, just fires that thing off. And that's old man at the gym who's not ashamed of his saggy slob kind of feeling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And why oh, yeah. and why should he be? Yeah. yeah. I I think uh I think Flora, you hit on something that like really stands out, which is Every one of these characters has a flaw and is like mm-hmm. very human, and I think that's why, despite the fact that they're like mutants in a lot of ways, the characters feel more real and human than most video game characters I ever stumble across. I totally um, agree, and I think that's why this game was so like impactful and like kept bringing me back to it day after day after day. I was expecting to come in and just play like a like a childish like game about gardening when really like the gardening is a backseat it's 10 percent, and it was really like the pregnancy storyline that i was like i was actually shocked by it because i just wasn't expecting it given the art style that it was going to tackle such um like uh heavy subject matter yeah yeah Yeah. totally um i don't i honestly as, as weird as it is to be on a podcast to talk about this game i don't know what to say about that part because it is it is so I don't I don't know how to say it other than like well handled or well dramatized. Like yeah. they do a good job creating the drama and 
I don't know about you, but I didn't see the drama coming until it happened. Um, and then when it does, like, I was so impressed with how the characters handle it um, because it was yeah. it felt both like real to who they are as characters, but also um, also human, you know, and mature. Yeah, absolutely. So um, just a little context on that, like the pregnancy, um, there's Grob, like the gruff sailor guy who's like a bit of an alcoholic and he goes off for weeks or months at a time. Um, there's Island, like the character um, who uh, is ends up getting pregnant. And then there's Tongue. It's like this very strange uh, love triangle. And the confession is that the baby is Tongue's. And so, um, like, she has been telling Krob the whole time that the baby is his, and so she reveals kind of in front of everybody that um, his his expectations need to be tampered, and she's still going to keep the baby, but she's really not sure she wants to pursue her relationship with him. It gets really complex, but what you were saying, Mike, about, like, how well this is handled, like, you might expect these people to blow up and hate each other and burn it all down, but, like, both of the, like, the dudes in the relationship are really supportive and, like, willing to care for this kid anyway um and and then the mother is is talking about like having this child raised by the village collectively so um i thought that that just worked really really well thematically you think that the drama is going to be because there's really no indication before that that tongue could even possibly be the father or that anyone else could be the father and there's already they set a base of um that issue with that he takes off all the time uh grob takes off all the time so you're like oh that's their core problem that is going to be developing and you Mm -hmm. don't expect this like crazy left turn of like no we're gonna throw this other wrench into there um so yeah no it really took me by surprise because i thought we already had a good problem like this is this is already meaningful enough i didn't expect that yeah, especially, like, adding in the layers of, like, you know, Tongue works for Grob, mm-hmm. and, you know, Grob is a human, and Tongue is a mutant, mm-hmm. and there's, again, it's, it's like peeling back layers of an onion that you don't expect given the way the game looks. Yeah, all the interconnected small town, this is my aunt, and this is their mom, and mm-hmm. uh, this is my best friend, and she's also this person's x and y um like mew and spike being you know adoptive father daughter but also being bandmates in a band with tongue and all of the ways that that interacts i think was you know super fun in a lot of ways there's so much added context that you just needed to remember yeah and i think that the one of the game's biggest strengths is that you kind of remember the relationships between these characters once they're established. Like, it's so incredibly precise and clear. It doesn't really waste a single character or really much in the way of dialogue. Um, so I just think it's just very efficiently written. Yeah, every time you encounter somebody, it's you're going to get something out of it. It's going to move their story forward. Also, the whole thing with this... Uh, who's going to help parent this baby and who's the father it kind of ties together with these other themes in the game where there's a lot of father issues like so many father issues there's mm-hmm. tongue who whose dad died uh i think it seems like a few years ago or maybe a couple years ago and he's struggling to deal with that and he's did building he die his or boat. did he abandon him i think oh, he I just abandoned him i'm not sure it, regardless he's absent he's gone yeah. he yeah. left um, and yeah, so Tongue's building this boat as trying to give himself some kind of like meaning. He's kind of lost. And there's someone else. I can't recall. Someone else has there, oh, another father well, issue comes up. Kai. Kai 
doesn't really have a father. Yeah. Kai only has a mother, Gaia. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, ironically come on. named. Come on. Right? Yes, but, um, yes. Uh, and then Gaia's uh, father, Nono, who's, I think, like, that's the A plot in this game. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, obviously, we're deep into spoiler zone, but, like, it comes full circle at the end that it was that the game really revolves around his issues being a father um, and being present and, and, you know, being there. Um, Was there any other characters with, with daddy issues? I mean, I just wanted to jump in and talk about a character we have not talked about who may be one of the best characters in the game. And that's Yoke. The oh, old yes. man in the archive who's yes. also a huge gossip. Oh. Mm-hmm. I really identify with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just a bit of a gossip when I was a little younger. So X-O-X-O. I was like, oh, this, that's my guy right there. Uh. He's got all the hot goss. <laughs> that's so true. I Wow, I yeah. should have known that you would identify with him. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, that's going to be me, the guy who has all the secrets of the, of the town mm-hmm. that everyone comes to to find mm-hmm. out the secrets. That's me. Hi. He's also He's just cool. He plays chess like competitively and like this standoff that he has with Nano, like they're like verbal back and forth of like, oh, I can see your move from 10 miles away. And then like that sort of stuff I, th- I think was really endearing as well. Old Sicilian grandfather energy for sure. Absolutely. So uh, wait, did we, did everyone say their favorite character? Mine was Bopek. Yours is Yoke, Jacob. Flora. Yoke and, and Jelle, yeah. Okay. I feel like Mew is my favorite. Um, we we get a very like uh, oh, back Katie to Katie's the word. Yeah, like <laughs> back to the word that Katie used, like melancholy. I think that like her storyline across the game is very much like touched with that. There's a really good scene early. It's like a very intimate um, like swimming pool like lake situation that she and Kai go Such to. A great scene. Um, I, I found that just beautiful and also well written and about like a lot of loss. And then Mew also like hunts at night and we see her like skinning a corpse at some point in the game, which is kind of cool, but kind of creepy. Uh, she's got this awesome interior of her house, which is right above Nano's. And she's always playing like punk music really, really loud at night. So I, I think that she, <laughs> plus she's a cat. So like all of those things, big fan. Gave yeah. me real cat woman energy. Yeah. Oh, gave me just like big sad girl energy. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, and that's my music from when I was like a, sa- a sad girl teenager. I was like, that's what I listen to, man. So, yeah, no, I like Mew a lot. Those are probably my two, a Spike and Mew. So we've talked uh, a bit about, I think, the like B plot, one of the, the one of the like soap opera dramas that happens. But we have not talked about like the main story, the main plot. Um, mm-hmm. Jacob, you want to set us up? Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll start and someone else can fill in. So to me, it's we've talked about like the, um, I guess the post-apocalyptic or the the why everyone has mutations piece of it. But the piece we haven't really talked about is the papu tree, which is this giant tree that kind of sprouted up on the island um, that almost has mystical, like a mystical grasp on the entire island. Yeah. And the papu tree is sick. And what we find out is that Nono actually is a plant shaman if you will and he really has been looking after the both physical and spiritual health of the island and he's fallen ill and with that the island has fallen ill so really it's it's you're there to take up the mantle you don't know it when you start the game but you're there to take up the mantle of shaman while nono is unwell yeah, and like the the unwellness of Nono and the tree, they're um they're really intertwined with that theme about like 
um, fatherhood that you were just uh, that we were just going over, which is that um, I want to say it's Mori who writes the letter that kind of summons Kai to the island. It's not even Nano himself who writes this letter, and she said like she tells them that he's dying. So he either didn't want to tell them or didn't have like the ability. Maybe he, his strength was sapped. But at the very least, um, it, it suggests that there's already a rift, and Kai doesn't know him at all. So um, the game then becomes about getting to know the villagers as much as it is getting to know the lay of the land and then hopefully rekindle her relationship or kindle it rather uh, with her her nano Mm -hmm. and so you follow i think i don't know how to say it other than like a spirit guide of of nono you come to find out that comes to you sets you on this quest um and you're able to ultimately like revive him like Mm -hmm. cure a lot of his sickness and he sets you off on this quest to basically take over from him in terms of like a lot of the shamanism on the island. Um, But he never gives you any direct answers or any direct (laughs) guidance and it drives Kai crazy. Um, So, so much of it is, I thought it was interesting from like the, the very clear parallels to like native culture and how a lot of it's passed down orally and not like, not in a direct uh, take this amount and do this type of way that I think a lot of Western medicine or, or sciences, uh, you know, conveyed. And I guess what I appreciate maybe about the game script or even the, the gameplay is that sometimes it will give you a choice of two, mm-hmm. you know, ways to talk and maybe one way is positive or negative and one is direct and indirect in some cases, but it's, sometimes it doesn't matter what the answer is. Like, no, no, is just going to not give you a clear mm-hmm. answer regardless. Yeah. Which I appreciate. I also appreciate the way the game like lets you be silent in some of those dialogue um, mm. options as well. I, uh, there are certain uh, scenes in the game where you learn about someone's like trauma or their heartbreak, and sometimes the response doesn't feel warranted. Sometimes it feels better just to kind of be that person listening. Yeah, totally. I, I took advantage of the silence option a lot mm-hmm. um, because, because I, I think I tend to do that in real life as well in a lot of those situations where I'm just... Sometimes it's better to just not say the wrong thing and say nothing and let people continue to unpack. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I just defaulted to like my instinct in a, in a lot of those cases. Yeah. What, what, uh, was there a path that you all tended to go down? No. You, you all on just the conversation. Kind of, I don't know. Right. Depends yeah, on whatever the just felt right. Depends whatever felt feel. right. Absolutely. Yeah. My, Honestly, hearing, hearing the soap opera, like, be, as a way to describe this game. Like, honestly, I just let my emotions kind of guide the guide the conversation because it seemed like it seems like my choices didn't really have stakes or or they they, my choices wouldn't change the stakes. So I just kind of rolled with it each time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The story is the story and you're just you're learning it. You're experiencing it. It's not a game where you're really where your interaction Uh, like you said changes anything or has any influence it's really Mm -hmm. just for your own feels for Mm -hmm. how you want to feel in the moment and and your experience and there's no gameplay to speak of really let's be honest you're walking around you're talking to people and yeah you're just kind of so many feels and the music emphasizes all the feels throughout Mm -hmm. the entire game True. Each garden has its own song. Yeah. So each garden has its own song. Yeah. And each each garden has a song that you need to learn. Mm -hmm. And I think it's you basically learn one song per day, right? Um and mostly. Yeah, basically. 
not not exactly but um you have to play that song for the gardens to help them grow and they just and then i think you can sit there and just listen to the garden play the song back based on whatever plant you have um you've put there so Mm -hmm. some plants are more symbols and Mm -hmm. some plants are more piano um and it was it was really interesting like to to hear that you could create a different orchestra or a different song based on what plants you chose to to put there. Yeah, and I don't know if any of you all took advantage of the sort of like free gardening like mini game that they have. It's accessible through the main menu, but like if you're just going for the story, you probably won't notice it. Um, but you can sort of toy around with like an unlimited thing of seeds and different settings, and like there's an additional like floating house island where you can plant a garden as well. So um, even though it's not challenging in any significant way, um, it, it would be a great sort of like interactable screensaver sort of situation. And that's kind of what the game really is. Um, can I go back to the, the music and the sound effects? Um, I really appreciate, and the soundtrack is by Alessandro Coronas. If you want to like listen to it on Spotify, you can. Um, I just appreciated the different moods mm-hmm. that it, it really helped you like go through, whether it was like deep and melancholic or it was maybe a little bit more, a lot of them were deep and melancholic, but like even some that were a little more uplifting. Um, I think it's, it's just a great soundtrack that you should listen to. And even the, the sound effects too, um, that are kind of bring the, the island to life were uh, second to none. Like were, yeah. were fantastic. I love the vibe of this game. Like, yes. I, I don't know how best to describe it, but it, I, I would rope it in with, like, cozy games, games that create a real sense of atmosphere. Yeah. And it's not a cozy game in the way that, like, Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley is cozy, but it creates a real presence of world in the same way that I feel like Night in the Woods did. Oh, and yeah. in some ways, it gave me that experience of playing Night in the Woods for the first time even hmm. though it's a different game, a different story, different themes, etc. Yeah, and I think the moods like that this game covers too like it's I think one of the reasons it's probably hard to pin down what the vibe of this game is is because it it like ranges from earnest to spooky to as we've said like melancholic and there's there's like hope mixed in with all of this. So, um there's a ton of different kinds of feels all blending together. Yeah, like you said, it's all vibe. I have to say, I don't know that this game is a easy recommend to anyone at all. Hmm. I think you have to know your person and know who you're talking to in order to recommend this game. Because, like, for example, you converted Mo on Walking Sims with Gone Home. (laughs) I don't know that you would convert him with Mutazione. I I don't know. It'd be a bit of a sell. So, I, like I said, it, depending on the person, some people you could be like, no, you should totally play this game. Some people, no. So, it, you have to be, you know, it has to be for you. I'm totally... I mean, yeah, go ahead, Jacob. I mean, to that point, like, we immediately when I finished it, I'm like, oh, Travis Colnut needs to play this game because yes. it is melancholic and about gardening. This man loves both of those and things. And so He needs to play this immediately. And, and mutants. mutants. And mutants. And he does mutants. love a mutant. You're right. Yeah, so I hope that his ears are ringing because he needs to play. But I guess to your point, yeah, maybe it's not for everyone. But yeah. um, cozy, cozy TikTok is a great place, like cozy game TikTok. And I could definitely see like someone talk about this game in like a compilation of great cozy games. To play like maybe Jacob. Day. Like make, maybe, maybe Jacob. Me. <laughs> maybe Jacob. Maybe Jacob. Maybe me. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I was gonna say, Katie. Like I, I dis, I was gonna say that I disagreed, right? Because I felt like, oh, I could recommend this this to just about anyone. But you bring up 
the kryptonite to that argument, which is like <laughs> the 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 previous Mo, right? The Mo of a former 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 life, who would only play games with guns, were only interested in shooty McShooters, um, and was not really interested in anything else. And I realized there's a group of guys that I play games with that would that I would not recommend this to, even though I think my mom who doesn't play video games would enjoy this you know i think my mom would have fun and it's not it's not uh i don't think anything in this game is that contextually or like controlling wise like difficult Mm -hmm. that she would have trouble with it is this game on ipad because this feels like it could be a good ipad game yeah it's on apple arcade like that's how i believe it first released was on apple arcade so it's made to be simple interactions the whole way through yeah i could totally see getting non-gamers into this Mm -hmm. um very easily um and and in some ways it goes back to kind of what you said earlier katie which is that like in some ways it's not a quote-unquote game and that like you know you don't have to achieve something to 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 move forward um, you really just have to check off a list of things. It's a maquette more than a game. What's a maquette? It's Did a- I French it up? Isn't that just like a model? Katie's like, what is I maquette? Mean, I'm also French. No, I, I, I don't, I don't know that it's a model because like you are, you are moving around. It, it's, I would think of it almost closer to a visual novel than, than a maquette. But but yes, it's uh, but yeah, it's something to look at and experience and hear and, and all that. But like, it's not demanding as far as gameplay at all. Flora, I'm sure you've thought deeply about this. Uh, where do you tend to fall? Maquette or no maquette? I mean, I, I think I'm pretty like loose with my definition of what I'm accepting to be a video game. Like if it's a like digital interactive narrative sort of thing, like like that's a, that's a video game to me. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, I, I absolutely think Mutazione fits that. Like it, it doesn't really matter where you classify it as far as genre. Um, it's more of just like, do you want the feels or do you not want the feels? And right. if you want action, if you want strategy, go somewhere else. Like that's totally fair. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Have you, ha- have y'all played any other of Daigut Fabrique's games? What other games have they made? I, yeah, I don't know what they are. Please inform us. Uh, here's the one you probably played. Uh, do you remember a little game called Sports Friends? No. I do. <laughs> I do remember that. Uh, have you all not played like Sports Friends? It's uh, Johann Sebastian Joust is in that package. The one that you would play with the PlayStation Move controllers. And you would essentially try and like physically hit each other or move each other while the music was going. It was and like it, musical honestly, chairs with controllers. Yeah, I swear at PAX for like five years, everyone wanted to play Johann Sebastian Joust because you needed like eight move controllers to make it cool. And who does that? We, uh, this will really only, I think, be relevant to Jacob, but for orientation day or incoming day for all of the like new kids at, uh, at the business school that we went to, we would have um, Super Friends and Johann Sebastian Joust as, as games people would play. So we'd have a bunch of move controllers to just let people meet new people. Um, and play a random game together. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was even a ben- an early Bennett Foddy game in that package. It was like a package of four games. Uh, and there was this like game called Pole Riders, which probably led to <laughs> getting better. Or w- what is Bennett Foddy's game called? Getting over. Getting over. Thank you. I'm sorry. It's probably like a precursor to in that. The pr- in, the, in the process, you do get better. Yeah. <laughs> they named it. They named it. What, they named it Pole Rider? <laughs> yeah, Pole Riders. That's, that's, that's a choice. It's a game I don't about know strippers. I I mean, 
or something. But yeah, that's where my mind went. But yeah, apparently, apparently, <laughs> it's a, just a fun PG. party game. <laughs> it's a bachelor party game. Ah, hey. Oh boy, oh boy. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Do we want to talk about like where the where the story ends? Uh, for, I think have yeah. you I think we should. Yeah, I think we should talk about where the story goes. So um, forgive me if I'm accelerating the, the story and simplifying it a bit bit much. But, you know, Nono recovers. He sets you out on the quest to help save the Papu tree and learn about being a shaman. And so you advance learning more about different people in the village and learning new songs, creating new um, new gardens that match each of those songs mm-hmm. um, and eventually getting to the point where you've explored a bit more and pieced together a lot of the puzzle and realize that you need to get some of the fungus spores from the fung and deliver that to the papu tree and that will get it to to blossom to bloom did i get that backwards slightly yeah the papu tree has to bloom you have to take the flower to the fungus which then you can bring oh. for like medicine Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So you've got to bring the the flower to the fung and then uh, all is well in the world. Um, Yeah. Right. Is there there much more? That's basically it. Gaia comes to see Nono and uh, Nono almost dies because he's stuck in the the spirit world Mm -hmm. or something like that. And you have to develop your ability to go into the spirit world with your own your own guide, your own. Um, spirit guide and and bring him out by helping him get over his trauma. Um, I loved I loved the uh, the psychedelic yes. aspect of this. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we touched on that because I I think that the delivery of that and the tone almost whiplash that it takes this huge like peaceful relaxing like yeah there's melancholy and yeah there's drama but um, it goes almost like full horror like it feels like some sort of propaganda film and we learn about like the comet that hit this city like if it, it was hinted at before but we see it yep. um, and there there's just some really like there's this flaming wolf creature with like a house burning down and like uh, there, there's just that's so, Muse's partner right yes. Exactly. So we, we, I guess we didn't talk about that, but like Muse's partner and children died. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she's been trying to unpack that throughout the whole game. Um, and the, the extra layer of drama there is Muse's partner was the, the apprentice to Nono, who was learning all of the bits. Nono felt like his way to, to undo a lot of the, the harm that he as a scientist who came to the island had done even though he's now adopted the shaman was to train someone from the village in, in the ways of being a shaman. And it sounded like a bad trip gone very horribly wrong. Um, But what I love about this game so much is how genuine and true they represent, like I think psychedelic experiences, which, you know, it could be, you you basically can lose control, right? It's, it, it's all about set and setting, and um, clearly Nono was not in the right mindset um, to be to be going through that, even though they control the setting really well. So I thought it was a really, really cool portrayal of it in a way that I don't think games typically do a very good job of at yeah. all. That just actually not just games, culture generally doesn't do a very good job of any major beats that you think we missed there. I know I summarized pretty quickly, pretty fast. I have one that's not a major beat, but I, th- I think that is one of the more remarkable stories in the game, which is um, we, we 
alluded to this earlier, Spike and Claire's sort of like unspoken budding relationship. Yeah. Um, I think one of the major wrenches that gets thrown into the plot, like dramatically speaking, is um, Mew decides to play like a love song that Spike writes without his like consent for anyone, inc- like the whole entire village hears it, but specifically Claire. Um, but that ends up um, creating a lot of tension between Mew and Spike that we get to see, like depending on how much you want to pay attention to the dialogue going on. Um, and then we see it like start to resolve. And there's this, like we were talking about the animation of um, Spike, you know, throwing off his towel and jumping into the water. I don't know if we noticed this, but like the final animation when he's like blushing and whatnot is a little bit more like bouncy and wiggly than the rest of them. So I just, I think that like that in a nutshell is, is like what Mutazione is great at is just capturing character interactions, somehow elevating tension, but always having something like hopeful or optimistic to say. And I think that the focus is there because there's really no fat on this game. Yeah. It is it is unlike a lot of adventure games, there are really no optional like really a lot of optional side quests. It is very much like you go to point A, you do the thing, the story moves forward. Um I appreciated that about yeah. this game. Yeah. There's and I even appreciated some of the, the, the places you go. I mean, we've made some allusions to some of the scenes that are set, but even like thinking about Mew going to like her swimming spot and like spending time out there in an area where you can clearly see that the, you know, had a modern society and then that society collapsed and things like grew on top of it. Like yeah. really like last of us vibes mm-hmm. almost. Um, but in a game that is obviously much less, graphically intense than last of us yeah it's it's there's not a lot of fat but it's also not that directed in that you might wake up in the morning and have two things that you need to do on your list but you don't know where in the island you have to go to do that Mm -hmm. you don't know who exactly you need to talk to so there's a lot of meandering on the way to completing the things that move the story forward yeah and most of the conversations are pretty optional Really, there's only a few that are actually required to advance the story, but you find yourself going, oh, but I want to see what everyone's up to today. Like, I want to see how things have developed today. I want to see where these relationships are at. Um, So, yeah, it doesn't feel like you're forced to do a lot of extra things, but you, I wanted to talk to everybody and, and yeah, and get kind of all the story from everybody, which was really nice. I had one more thing I wanted to ask about, and I think maybe Flora is the only person that has explored this side of the game. Um, but after you beat the game, uh, there's an ability to get postcards from like different characters post-credits. Mm-hmm. And I think it's actually tied to your in-game clock. So you actually can't, like, you can grab the first one when you finish the game, but then you have to wait 24 hours to grab the next postcard. Flora, did you explore those? No, and I'm I feel you on the spot. Now, well, now that you bring it up, I, I feel like I should have. It just wasn't tied to any of the achievements, so I, I neglected to do it. <laughs> so, so I did, but I only oh, got wow. like three or four days in um, because once I was done with the game, I was like, don't, I'm, I'm not loading this back up just to read a postcard. But so I thought it was it, a nice tweak. I thought it was a nice little thing. Is it like char- postcards that the characters have written to Kai? Yeah, so and back and forth. It's like an epilogue. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's, you know, images. So there's tongue and the baby swimming in, in the water by the boat. Aww. And then a little bit of story and tongue talking about being a father. Um, and, you know, things like that from different people in the village. 
Well, that's so cute because, like, the feeling I was left with both times when finishing the game is, like, I kind of want to live there, like, on the island. Like, it feels so, like, welcoming and peaceful. And, like, I, I'm a huge gardener and, like, I can deal with some mutants. And, like, um, <laughs> like having postcards from those characters would totally tickle the nostalgia itch. If y'all like physical media, this is the last thing I have to say. Um, there's a physical version of the game by I Am 8-Bit. And it comes with a, like a really cute uh, case that's reversible that you can just like make the tree the case on your PS4. Um, and it also comes with a plant guide that mm-hmm. you can put like an 11 by 17 poster for your wall. So if you'd like this discussion, you played it uh, and you want something more, there's a physical version that's still available. So uh, anything else we want to chat through with Mutazione? Mutazione. 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 Mike's offended. (laughs) Don't talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's finish with Polygon's opinion on this game. They didn't give it a rating, but they had this really great thing that I want to read here. Mutazione isn't a game to beat. It's a game to play. We too often separate the idea of productive tasks from acts like drinking tea with a friend or trying to grow some flowers. But we do. But everything we do, if done mindfully, can be helpful for our own growth if we're walking the right path. Everyone is their own garden, and Mutazioni may make you a little more willing to plant the right kind of seeds for happiness. Aw. Aw. Ba-bam. Your turn, Katie. Go aw. Aw. There we go, Jacob. Edit those, <laughs> edit those so it all sounds like we did it one right after each other. You got it. Or at the same it. time. Aw. Aw. Um, you can find all things Left Behind Game Club at leftbehindgame.club uh, on the internet. Uh, on Twitter at Left Behind Club and on Instagram at Left Behind Game Club. Uh, you can find our Discord, which is a cool place for cool people. Talk about cool video games at leftbehindgame.club slash Discord. And if you like the show, do us two favors. Send it to a friend because that's how people hear about podcasts and give it a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to us on. You can do it on Spotify, five stars. You can do it on Apple Podcasts, five stars. You can do it on Overcast, five stars. Um, YouTube, we're, we aren't there, so don't do that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe someday. Uh, like and Mike, subscribe. Like and subscribe. That's how I say uh, goodbye where, now. Where can you be found on the internet? You can find me at RuffaloM on most social places online or MichaelRuffalo.com and .ca. Flora. Um, you can find me on Twitter at LudoNarrativeFM. You can find me in the Discord. And if you want to read an article that I wrote about Mutazione, like, I guess two years ago, check out EpilogueGaming.com and just type in the game's title and um, see what I have to say a little more about this. Link it in the show notes. Or make it easy I'm gonna for get people. The name and I'm come back. Yeah, I'm gonna come back to it. Um, Katie, I'm on Twitter. I am Les Brack. Uh, yeah, I'm up on there being generally happy about games most of the time. <laughs> oh, and I'm in the Discord. Uh, I'm I'm in the Discord quite a bit. Are I you like a cool person? There. Then you're in the Discord, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You if you're a cool person, you can uh, join our Discord and we can chat. Come on in. The water's the, uh, fine. Article What'd you say? The water's fine. The water's fine. Run in the water's fine. Yeah. Throw away your towel and jump on it. Oh, God. <laughs> Belly flop uh, in. Nice. Yeah. The article written by Flora is called Escaping to Mutazioni Island, uh, and we'll link it in the show notes. Thank you. Uh, you. You can find me on the internet at Jacob McCourt on all major social media platforms. Uh, I'm doing a lot of TikToking, so uh, if you enjoy short form content about 2010s era video games, uh, I just talked about the Captain America game that was released by Sega in 2011. Got way too many views. Um, but if you're into that, follow me on TikTok. Um, it's a great you. follow. I love it. I love Jacob's content. 
Thank you. Hashtag content. Like and subscribe. Mike, That's take it. us home. And that, my friends, is one less game left behind. <laughs>